So happy Mother's Day. You're awesome. Why don't you open your Bibles to Proverbs 1. Proverbs chapter 1 and Luke chapter 8. Good to see Isaac and Melissa and the kids here. What's up, man? Great to see you guys. Tyrus, good to see you, Monica. Yeah, good to see you all as well. Now, if I start, I'm going to keep going. It's good to see you, and it's good to see you, and it's good to see you, and you, and you, Chris. Good to see you. Amen. All right, Proverbs 1. And we're going to get there in just a moment. Proverbs 1 and Luke 8. <clears throat> you know, we, we talk a lot uh, about transformation and about renewing your mind. How many would say that that's something we talk a lot about in the church? That we'd have the renewed mind. That we have the what? The mind of Christ. Why don't you say we have the mind of Christ? And we talk a lot about not just changing what we think, right? We talk a lot about this. Not just changing what we think, but how we think. How many would say that that's true? That when we, are, when we repent and we come into the kingdom... We don't just change the thoughts that we have. We actually have a whole new operating system where we think in a completely different way than we used to. And that's called the mind of Christ. See, uh, Jesus sees five loaves and two fish, and he thinks that's enough food for 5,000 men and, and women and children. Like five loaves and two fish. To us, that's not even enough for a little boy. It hasn't eaten in a long time. But Jesus is like, oh, that's enough for 5,000 men and women and children, and they're going to have leftovers. Because his mind doesn't work the way ours does. Right? God's mind doesn't work the way ours does. He looks at, at Moses and Moses is like, well, what, what are we going to do? How am I going to have water to, to, to give all these people something to drink in the middle of the desert? And God's like, oh, just, just strike the rock with your, your staff and water will come out of it. Well, that's, that's not logical to us. But that's how God thinks. He sees things differently. And so we, we spend a whole lot of time uh, preaching about change the way that we think. That's what real repentance is. But I, I want to I take it back even to a lower common denominator than that. We need to be careful how we listen. How we hear. Hearing leads to thinking. We need to take care and be careful how we hear things. Now I would say this is, this is probably very true. The most important thing in our relationship with God is the ability to hear Him. If you can't hear God, there's no way to obey God. How many times in His Word did He say, if you have an ear to hear, then hear what the Spirit says. Or if He would say, would you, if you can listen, then you can obey. But there's always the hearing thing that has to go first. And I think... I think we need to also, so it's not just changing the thoughts that we have, but the way we think. It's not just changing the things that we hear, but how we hear. Because we hear with the bias. You all okay? Convince me, you're not just like. We hear things with a bias. We can watch the same news report, and both of us hear it completely different. Because of our political bias. We can love the president or hate the president. And we can see a report of something that should be a good thing. But because I don't like him, I'm going to talk bad about this good thing. Or it could go the other way. He could do something really stupid on Twitter. 
And because I love him, I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. He didn't mean that. He's just stirring it up. It's the, we hear things with a bias. And I, I feel that the Lord wants us today to be careful how we listen. All right? If someone comes to me and they want to lie or they want to gossip about Matt, it's not going to have any room in my heart because I've decided I trust Matt. So you can say anything you want to about Matt. It's not going to find a place in my heart. I'm not going to listen to it because my heart has already decided to protect our friendship. Now, if, if we had something between us and there was not this, I want to protect my relationship with Matt and you come and gossip and tell lies to me, then I may be inclined to believe what you tell me. So the condition of my heart can determine how I hear things from God and from other people. God can tell me the most amazing thing he's going to do for me. But if my heart is disappointed, I can't hear what he tells me. Is this, is this true? Like you're like, oh, this is true. Yeah, that's true. This is true. We hear with a bias. So not only does God want to bring transformation and healing to the way that we think, he also wants us to take care of how we listen to things, how we hear things. You see, words carry life and death. How many believe that's true? It's in Proverbs. The power of life and death is in what? It's in the tongue. But words don't have any power if they're not partnered with. And you can curse me all you want. But if I don't partner with what you curse, then I don't have to give in to that thing. And that all is up to me on what, how I listen to things. So in Proverbs chapter 1, we're going to read this and we're going to jump into it. Now I'm going to read from the Passion Translation, um, and then we'll go to Luke 8 here in a little bit in the, a, a different version. Proverbs chapter 1. So here are kingdom revelation words to live by, and words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life. How many want to reign in life? That's what wisdom does. It causes us to reign in life. The word wisdom actually even means that. To reign in life. Written as Proverbs by Israel's King Solomon, David's son. Written uh, within these sayings will be found the revelation of wisdom and the impartation of spiritual understanding. Use them as keys to unlock the treasures of true knowledge. How many want true knowledge? This is how we get it, through the wisdom of God. Those who cling to these words will receive discipline to demonstrate wisdom in every relationship. Come on. If we listen and we, we cling to the words of God's wisdom, then we will also have wisdom for every relationship. And we will choose what is right and just and fair. These proverbs will give you great skill to teach the immature and to make them wise. That sounds good to me. To give youth the understanding of their design and their destiny. How many want to be able to speak over young people what their destiny and their design is? More than ever, I didn't even want to get into this, but more than ever before, we need the prophets and the men and women of God to step up and speak design over the next generation. They don't have a clue who they are. When you disregard nature's God and nature's laws, then you are, you are in for anything. And it will take you through a mess. And I don't want 
I don't want to go through it. I don't want my kids to go through it, the next generation. So we need to prophesy design and their destiny over them. Come on. For the wise, listen to this. So those who are already wise, these Proverbs will make you even wiser. Be careful how you hear. If you're already wise, when you hear wisdom, it will make you more wise. And for those with discernment, you will be able to acquire brilliant strategies for leadership. These kingdom revelations will break open your understanding to unveil the deeper meaning of parables, of riddles, and mysteries. How many want to know the answer to mysteries and, and problems and riddles? I'm, I guess I'm, I, I want to solve problems. I want to fix things that are broken, right? That's what we've been called to. So the way this happens is I have to have a wise heart, all right? For those who are wise, these proverbs will make you even wiser. So how do we gain wisdom? We listen. How many have ever asked for advice that was really good advice, but it did no good because you didn't do it? Now, you know what? What I look, <laughs> I look back and I'm laughing at myself. And there are many times in my life where I asked for advice knowing good and well that I wasn't going to do what they told me to do. What do you think I should do? And when they start speaking, I'm like, no, I ain't doing that. I don't want to do that. Even though it was wise, my heart had already had a bias in it that I wasn't going to listen to wisdom. The way you gain wisdom is we listen. We have to be careful how we listen. See, every other voice comes from the outside. Every voice in our life comes from the outside. How many know that? But there's only one voice that comes from the inside of us. That's God's voice. It sounds different than every other voice. It, pen it penetrates. It pierces differently than any other voice. That's the voice of wisdom. Proverbs goes on to say, wisdom makes her cry aloud in the streets. She's crying out for us to get wisdom it's the voice of God crying out with inside of us, deep calling to deep, looking for wise things that can make us more wise. Y'all okay? All right, let's go to Luke chapter 8. Verse 4. And when a large crowd was coming together and those from various cities were joining him, he spoke by the way of a parable. So he told them a parable. And he said, the sower went out to sow seed and he sowed and some fell beside the roadside. And it was trampled underfoot and the birds of prey came and ate it up. Other seeds fell on rocky soil. And as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. The other seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and, and they choked it out. Other seed fell on good soil, and it grew up and produced a crop a hundred times greater than what was sown. As he said these things, he would call out, He who has ears, let him hear. It's so interesting. What a weird thing to say. If you have ears, then, then hear what's being said. But he's saying, if you really want to know the truth that's hidden in this parable, then you will convert your heart to a place to hear it. Right? Then his disciples, because they wanted to know, 
They wanted to know what he was talking about. They pulled him aside and they wanted their heart wanted to know. And so they said, what does this parable mean? And Jesus said to you, it has been given the ability to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, it's in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now, the parable means this. The seed is the word of God. Those beside the road are those who have heard. And the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they will not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, they receive the word with joy, but but they have no root system. So they believe for a little while. And in time, because of temptation, they fall away. Then the seed which fell among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard. And as they go on their way, they're choked with worries and for the riches and the pleasures of this life. And therefore, they bring no fruit to maturity. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart, and they hold fast to it. They cling to it and they bear much fruit with perseverance. And then he goes on and he says this. Now, no one after lighting a lamp, it almost sounds like these two things don't go together. Why does he tell this parable of of seed and sowing on good and rocky and a roadway? And then why does he go and talk about a lamp? No one, after lighting a lamp, let's think of lamp as the wisdom of God, the voice of God. No one lights a lamp and then covers it with a container or puts it under a bed, but he puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not become evident. There's nothing secret that will not be known and come to light. So, you see it? So take care how you listen. For whoever has, more will be given to him. And whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. What's the point? Man, y'all are making this is this is tough today. This is what I'm gonna do for. <laughs> the way we listen is like putting a lamp on the lampstand. And that lampstand put on my heart will invite the light and the wisdom of God. It will be attracted to the light that's in there. The wisdom that's there will attract wisdom. But if I put a bushel over it and I don't listen to the wisdom and the words of God and I hide it under worries and cares and other issues of life, then I, I, even the wisdom I have will be snuffed out because I have not put it in its right place. Now, let's look at this just for a minute, the parable of the seed. We know the seed is the word of God, right? I said this not too long ago, but it's not our responsibility Let me say it this way. This is a better way to say it. It's God's responsibility to speak and to be able to be heard. I used this example before. If I'm hollering at my kids to do something, but they're in another room and they can't hear me, is it their fault for not hearing or is it my fault as a father for not speaking where they can't hear me? It's on me. So this is a good thing. God will always speak in a way we can hear him. Because it's his responsibility as the father. We even sing about it. He knows knows how to go before us where we'll find his truth. And he speaks that language to us. He's good at that. But it's our responsibility to prepare the ground for what he's about to say to us. If I don't know that God is always going to speak to me, then I won't always have a ground ready to hear. 
But I need to always know God is speaking and he has a purpose and he has a destiny for my life. And he's speaking prophetically into my he's taking what I am now. He's going into the future and pulling what's necessary and he's bringing it to me in seed form, which is his word, so that it will produce what he sees in the future. But if I have not prepared the soil of my heart, then I will not end up with what he says I can have. The hard pathway. This represents the hard hearts of people who hear the word, but the slanderer quickly steals it from them. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flows all of life's issues. Right? How many know that scripture? Yeah? How many know that scripture? Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flow all of life's issues. So what's the condition of my heart? The hard pathway is someone who's offended, someone who's skeptical. No matter what God says, no matter how much seed is sown, no matter how much water is put on that, the, the offended heart will not allow it to, to find a resting place. It's impossible. Proverbs even says it's easier to scale the walls of a fortified city than to make amends with an offended person. Yeah. It's easier to break through a fortified city than to make things right with someone who chooses to stay offended. The offended heart is a hard pathway. And God sows the seed on that pathway. But if the heart is skeptical, then it doesn't listen because it's chosen not to receive. It's got an attitude like this instead of like this. A heart without hope is a hard pathway. I don't know if you're here today without hope, but the Lord wants you to know. I heard in worship service and I, and I didn't feel like I needed to interrupt, but I heard during the song Defender that we sang. I felt like there were at least two people that in their heart, they, and I'm just going to quote what I heard. They said, this is BS. That's what I heard. And I was like, no, it's not. It's Come the on. truth. Yeah. This is the hardness of the heart speaking. It's not how you really feel. That God wants to break open yeah. and soften that heart again, and he can do it. And he won't do it with force. See, God, when we have a hard heart, God doesn't come in with a jackhammer and just break it all up. He comes in and softens it up with his kindness. Come on. He comes in real gentle and loving and compassionate. It, it's almost like this can't be real. That's how good he is. And over time, that, so, that softens us up. And we're like jelly. When just a few days before we were so offended and doubt, filled with doubt and skeptical. And now all of a sudden our heart is open to the Lord. That's what the Lord's going to do. Those two, whoever those two people were, the Lord's going to soften you up over the next few days with his kindness. Yeah. Then there was the rocky ground. See, these are the people that, man, they believe it. They're like, oh, I heard the word of God. I love that. That sounds really good. I receive it with joy. But then when hard times come, when dry, difficult seasons come, it doesn't survive because it doesn't stay long enough for the roots to grow. Are y'all okay? Yeah, come on. Just shift gears. 
Some of the things that you're believing for, it, it takes an attitude to say, you know what? I'm going to stick this out. Come on. I'm going to stick this out. Man. I'm going to grow roots. Yeah. I'm going to dig deep here. I feel like this is good soil. I'm going to stay here. I, and what's interesting, another uh, telling of the story says that when difficult times came because of the word, yeah. they had no root system. See, when God prophesies over us, Sometimes the difficult times are, are following that word. And we have to plant ourselves there and become firm and steadfast and say, you know what? I'm hanging on. I'm not going to abandon this. I believe in what's going on here. I don't want to change. I don't want to quickly. See, we're so, so fast to switch gears and change yeah. Come on. and give up on something. Yeah. That's the rocky ground. And God's saying, no, you got to let some roots grow. Yeah. You can't do this without roots. No matter how many good times the, the Lord prophesies over you, how many good words you get, no matter how many things that you experience that are awesome, without a root system, it doesn't, it doesn't last. No, come on. It's just temporary. Yeah. And, and I, I mean this with all my heart. I don't say this because I, want, I, I think you should be in church every Sunday. I, don't, that, I have zero desire to, to manipulate you. I have zero desire to force you one way or the other. But I do know this, that God gave us a body of believers for a reason. I know it Amen. because I can't, I can't draw roots by myself. Yeah. I, ha I have to rub shoulders with people. I have to, hey, when I want to give up, they have to say, no, 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 stay. Yeah. Yeah. We have to have root systems. We have to dig these things deep. They take time. So then there's the other seed that was sown on ground that was filled with weeds and thorns. And these are the people that they were too, too worried about stuff, too anxious. Their anxious heart choked out the word of God, choked out the life. And God says, no, I want to remove the anxieties. I want to remove the worry, the concern, the thing that suffocates you. He wants to take it. Some of us, it's the busyness of life. Life is just busy, 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 yeah. busy. And how many have ever felt suffocated by that, by the schedule? Yeah. And your calendar is everywhere now. You pull it up on your phone. You see all you have to do in the day, and you're like, oh, I'm already want to quit. It's not even 10, right? So you look at your week, and you're like, oh, I got games and practice and games and practice in church. And then, you know, how am I going to do all this stuff? It's suffocating. And sometimes those things will come in and choke the life out of us if we let them. So he tells this whole story. And then he says, but then there's those with the good ground, right? And then he says, be careful how you listen. So the whole point to today, the whole point of everything that I'm saying is, do you know how you listen? Do you know what your bias is? Is it a skeptical heart? Does the Lord ever say anything to you? You're like, yeah, right. Or I'll wait and see. Or, oh, I know that's true, but it's for someday, not for today. Or you hear the word of the Lord and you're like, man, I really want that. That sounds so good to me. But I'm still offended. I can't let go of my offense. It's over. Just. Yeah. <laughs> Personal story. 
I was so offended with someone in the last six months. Like really offended. My heart was broken. Absolutely broken. <clears throat> Probably in a way that I'd never um, had experienced before. I, I didn't, and I, I went through this like, oh, I'm okay. It'll be all right. Put on a brave face. I'm all right. And when I thought it couldn't get worse, it got worse. I'm like, I just want to wring this person's neck. I don't care if I ever see them again. Like that. You ever been there before? And then something happened. I genuinely forgave them. And I've been preaching forgiveness my whole life. Oh, just forgive those that do wrong. And I was talking to Kyle. I was like, hey, I want to talk to you because I know Kyle has experienced forgiveness in a way that I don't understand. <laughs> I was like, hey, Kyle, this is what happened. This is what's been going on. Like, I really want good things to happen to this person. He's like, yeah? Yeah. Like, I'm really okay with our relationship as it is. I know. Like, I'm not, I'm not mad at him. Yeah? I said, and I'm not just saying this to, to pretend to be okay, to lie to myself, to put it off till later. He's like, it sounds like you actually forgave someone. That's what he told me right here. Sounds like forgiveness. I was like, oh, I wouldn't have received that from probably anyone else. But seeing him live forgiveness and then me going, that's what that felt like? He's like, yes, that's what it feels like. He's like, I, I want great things to happen to Sarah. I want all, he just starts going there. I'm like, wow, how do you do this, Kyle? He's like, I forgave her. Come on. Yeah. I was like, so, so this is what forgiving others is supposed to be like. He's like, yes. And I cannot explain to you the shift that happens yeah. when the offended heart gets healed. Things just seem different. I, I don't even know how to explain it. You gain a confidence. So I, I just felt like shifting to that. If you have someone that you have not forgiven, that goes easy to say. No, it's not. It's not easy to say. <clears throat> it's a very hard thing to do. But until you get over that offense, it's going to come up over and over it is a trigger. It is a, it is a nose ring that just, the enemy can just say, oh, pull. Pull as you here and there. So just close your eyes real quick. Careful how you listen. How many of there's someone you need to forgive? Just raise your hand. Come on, we don't have to labor. Yeah. Come on, God, I ask that you help us now. Come on, right where you're at, you just talk to the Lord. Help me to forgive. Help me to let it go. Really heal my heart.
say this on the topic, and we'll move on to the rest of the altar time. <clears throat> Sometimes when you have to forgive someone, you have to be like, it's okay that that's all they can be to me. Like some people, you have a loved one, someone close to you, a mother, father, uh, an ex-husband, wife, spouse, whatever it is, brother, sister, someone that has offended you because they're not the person that you want them to be or need them to be for you, right? That's usually what it's about. We're usually offended because we really need this person to be something that they just aren't. And forgiveness comes in and says, you know what? I'm okay with you being who you are. And I'm not going to hold you to a standard that you're not ready or capable of meeting. I release you from my expectations. I release you from what I, I hope that you'll be. And I'm okay with what we do have. And God will deal with the rest. That's the truth. So, Father, I ask that you would help, help anyone here struggling with this. Help them to do that. We're just going to take a moment and uh, we're going to invite Holy Spirit to come in and we're going to ask him, do I have a bias in my hearing? I need to take care of how I listen. So just take 30 seconds and invite Holy Spirit to come in and ask him, do I hear with a bias? You, other people. So pray a prayer pray together, all right? So, um, Father God, I come to you now, and I ask you to give me a hearing heart. Help me to not hear with a bias. Help me, God, to hear with wisdom, that I may attract your wisdom. I will guard my heart and the way I hear 
my greatest desire, God, is to hear your voice and to obey. I love your voice. I am attracted to your voice, God, that I will not follow another voice. Amen. If you need prayer for anything else, we want to pray for you. We've got some banners. If you want to go to the banners, if you want to come to the front, there's a salvation, a freedom, and a healing banner. Uh, if you're still in pain, we don't want you to leave in pain. We don't want you to leave in sickness. Uh, so go to one of the banners. One of our leaders will come and pray for you. You want to come to the front. We just ask, let's just loosen up, all right, from here on out. Let's just loosen up. Me too. Loosen up. Hashtag me too. All right. Let's just loosen up and feel better. And we want, I really want us all to be healthy and whole. Like, that's really what we're here for. We say, we say, why do we do church? It's because I want, I want us all to do better. I don't, I don't need to speak. Like, it's, I don't need to do that. We don't need to do all the stuff we do if it doesn't produce better families and better marriages and all that. So you need prayer, go to one of these signs. I'm so glad you came and, and celebrated Mother's Day with us. Happy Mother's Day to all of you. We love you. You're awesome. And be blessed.